and you're going to have several links. Of course, it'll take you to a website, and that'll give you different types of help that's available. It'd be anything from food, clothing, assistance with bills. It also could be housing and shelter help. So anything like that, 211 is a great resource because it gives you resources that are available right now. Welcome to Getting Money Right, a show dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom through education and inspiration so that you can be free to pursue your true life's purpose. We're your hosts, David Thompson and Leo Sabo, and in this episode of Getting Money Right, we're going to talk about all of the local resources that you have access to for personal assistance. I'm talking about the the time in your life where we're going through right now with the coronavirus or even other seasons of life where you may need access to basic things like food and clothing. How do you get access to that? And maybe it's not for you, but maybe this is so that you can help somebody else that's going through an extremely difficult time. Uh, We're also going to look at a few things that you can do to protect your finances. And then finally, we're going to look at ways that you can connect with other people in this season. Mm -hmm. Right now, we're in the middle of uh, what is a lot of self-quarantining and may end up being larger government-enforced quarantining at some point. We don't Mm -hmm. know, but uh, we're looking at what we thought may be one or two weeks of difficulty spreading into something that could be one month, two months, three months. We don't know. Hopefully, it will end sooner than later. But what are the things that you can do to access local assistance for yourself and the people that you care about? Yeah, so as we're thinking about this episode, David and I thought about some of you who may be in a situation where you just need to just be careful with your money. You just need to make it last as much as you can. Hopefully your job's safe. Maybe you're working from home and your job's going to continue. Some of you are going to be facing potentially either some reduction in hours or even potentially layoffs. So we want to approach this two different ways. One, if you have some immediate assistance needs, maybe your job is completely gone right now and you're just at home, you don't have income, we're going to recommend some resources. We're going to tell you about some things that you can do to get some help right away. And for the rest of you, really talking about how can we make this season, because like you said, David, we don't know how long it's going to last. How can we make it as productive and as successful for us and our family as we can? This is something that I think is an opportunity. I, I really like to look at difficult things as opportunities because if I th- tend to think of them as negative things, then my mindset is bad and I usually grumble through it. Spirals and I, out of control. Yeah, yeah, it just gets bad for me. So I look at difficult things and try to make that switch in my brain to say, okay, this could be an opportunity. If I'm not focused on it the right way, I'm going to miss. Right. So I would really like for us to think about this as an opportunity. Is there something we could learn? Is there something we could do? Is there a way that we can get better through this rather than having it become something that we look back on and say, gosh, that was the worst time of my life? Right? Could we actually say, yes, it was difficult, but man, what I gained through it has been pretty remarkable and helpful. And that's really what I would hope for everybody is that you can take this negative, turning it into something positive, something that would last beyond this season. That's right. And, and Leo and I talked earlier, we believe that many of our listeners are probably in a fairly decent place financially. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't mean everybody's there, but but we recognize that overall, most of our listeners 
um, ha- are doing okay. They're At plugging the into being. a personal finance podcast yeah. because this is something that they're passionate about. They want to learn more. They want to grow. Mm-hmm. And so we know that, that the average listener is probably in an okay place. So we want to give you some tools that you can help your friends, you can help your coworkers, you can help your family. Uh, but also if you need to make every dollar stretch mm-hmm. for the next couple of weeks or months or months, let's help you do that. So yep. that's what we want to do with this episode. So Leo, what is the first thing that somebody could do if they were looking for local assistance, trying to figure out a way to get help locally? Yeah, I think your best resource is going to be to Google 211 and then your state. And you're going to have several links. Of course, it'll take you to a website and that'll give you different types of help that's available. It'd be anything from food, clothing, assistance with bills. It also could be housing and shelter help. So anything like that, 211 is a great resource because it gives you resources that are available right now. These are ongoing. They're not seasonal because there's something going on right now. These are just sometimes government assistance or local community assistance that's available. And they're somewhat gathered under this 211 and then your state. Uh, And you could even call 211, obviously. That's kind of where it came about. Right. But this will give you access to some things that are maybe very close to you where you can get some assistance. And I think that's a a great place to start. Yeah. And we all learned, you know, in in middle school to dial 911 if you're in an emergency situation. Mm -hmm. And that is how you access fire and police and, you know, maybe the local hospital if you need something right away. But how do you get assistance with basic living, with food, with shelter? 211 is set up to help people that are in a at a place of vulnerability where they they don't know where their next meal is going to come from. They're not sure what happens if they get foreclosed on and they're evicted from their home and they need to find a government shelter or a local shelter to stay in. And so 211 is the governmentally placed phone number but it's also filled with local resources that aren't necessarily governmental resources. So you can literally just go to your phone right now, type 211, hit call, and and ask questions and say, hey, where where is the local food pantry? How, how do I get connected to this resource or that mm-hmm. resource? So Google it and you'll learn more. Uh, but if you're in a dire situation, just call the number today. Yeah, that's good. Another resource would be to look in your own community. So we live in Keller, Texas. So for us, if you do... a uh, need food help in Keller, Texas, that will bring you to some resources. Yeah. So wherever you are, whether it's food that you need, maybe clothing, maybe uh, assistance with bills, assistance with different needs that you have in the season, you could just do a local search in your community, in your area, and you'll find several pantries, subsidized groceries, right. all kinds of things will, that will be available to you in your area. Yeah. And that's that's all I did is I literally just typed in to Google, need food help in my city, which I put Keller, Texas. Mm-hmm. But but let's say that you're needing food in um, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Great. Yep. Type in need food help in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Uh, it'll likely direct you to foodpantries.org. Foodpantries.org has it broken down by direct free food you can access at free food pantries. Mm-hmm. Uh, or there are programs that the government has in place to subsidize groceries. And maybe you pay for half your groceries and the government pays for the other half of your groceries. Right. Uh, th- there is a social safety net in place for these reasons. And a lot of the food pantries are not even government-run institutions. They're run by churches. 
They're run by local nonprofits. Uh, the government does a large portion of helping people, but honestly, I think the majority of help comes from yeah. nonprofits that have been started by mainly a lot of churches, a lot of people uh, with a, a heart to serve people and help people. I mean, I think the Bible says that the number one commandment is to love God, and the number two commandment is to love people. people yeah. And so you're going to see a lot of churches and religious organizations looking for ways to love people. But then on the flip side of that, uh, there is a lot of government help out there as well. So foodpantries.org and ampleharvest.org. But again, all you have to do is Google, I need food help. Yeah. <laughs> or if you need other things rather than just food, a lot of these pantries, a lot of these um, type of assistance that's available in your community will also have other types of assistance. For instance, Catholic Charities is one of those where they provide a certain amount of assistance with utility help, whether you right. need electricity, water, those kind of things. So if you're in a position where you lost your job and you're thinking, gosh, you know, it might take two, three weeks to get that unemployment check after you apply for it, and, and that supposedly is coming. So I'm grateful that the government's doing everything they can mm -hmm. to get that assistance quick, but you may not get it in time. You may need it today. And what we're right. trying to say is whatever your need is, just do a little search. It may be out there. And of course, if you are connected to a spiritual family, if you belong to a church or a synagogue or some kind of spiritual community, definitely reach out to them and yeah. say, here's the need yeah. that I have. And you'd be surprised how many people will offer to help. Right. Just recently, one of our, our church members owns a coffee house in Frisco, Texas. And I know that his coffee house is doing well, but it's just a small place. It's not a Starbucks. It doesn't have the finances behind it to survive a shutdown. Right. And of course, as a group, we got together and, and said, how could we help? You know, he's, he's a business owner. He shouldn't have to lose his business because of something that was out of his control. And he can't survive forever without an income coming into that business. And he still has costs. So we decided, can we do something? Is there a way we can help? So yeah. somebody had the idea, put a text out to about 12 of us that are part of this group, and everybody pitched in. So right. you'd be surprised how, how much people would be willing to do. And they may not be able to take care of the whole problem, but if you get 12 people to yeah. you know, donate 10, 15, 20, 50 bucks, that could be the one a you month know, help of rent. that's going to take care of you rent. and it's going to get you right. to that place where, where you're exactly. fine uh, next time comes around and you'll have either the job coming back or the unemployment kick in, those kind of things. Yeah. The church that I work for is called Gateway Church in South Lake, Texas, and we have a huge care department. Mm -hmm. It's literally a department. It's one of our four major departments of the church, and it's just called care. Right. And, and it's all about caring for people. And so we have, I don't know the exact number, but probably 50 staff members, give or take, maybe a little less, but that are dedicated to caring for people. And when the coronavirus hit, we shifted and we said, everybody on staff is kind of a part of the care department yeah. in a way, right? Different I mean, focus, right? Like everybody has different roles in their, in their normal job. But when something huge happens, mm -hmm. churches, uh, spiritual families, organizations come together and rally together. They should. So Absolutely. Look, they should. Right. They should. So look for that. Um, you know, I've sent several people to gatewaypeople.com slash care, but, but that's here local. So wherever you are, look to your local resources. Right. Um, um, and, and I would just say, don't hesitate to reach out. I think a lot of us, we don't think of these things until we need them, which is why we're doing this episode. We right. want to make sure that you're aware of what's out there. Now, a lot of people that are listening here, you may not need a food pantry. You may not need direct food or grocery subsidies, but you may need to stretch your budget a mm. little bit further. Right. Let's say that you're a contract laborer and so... 
50% of your work happened to go away in this season. Yeah. So you're having to learn to live on 50% of your income. Uh, or let's say that your hours were cut at your job or that your job uh, ends up going away. And so you need to make this month's income last for two months while you look for another job. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is, it's really wise to begin to create as much margin as possible and use the smallest amount of your resources as possible to continue living in this season right? because we don't know how long it's going to last. Exactly. Um, and, and that's just prudent. It's not to say that it's definitely going to last forever and this is going to be the end of the world. Let's not go there with it. But it is the time to stretch your dollar. So I think one of the best things you can do is look at your meals. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of us, a lot of people are working from home. I'm working from home right now. So let's look at, and I think the best way to do this is to look at the staple diets around the world. And the reason I say that is you look at different countries and what their normal diet is. Here in the U.S., um, those types of foods are being mass produced just in general. And so they're usually the cheapest, yeah. easiest to access. So things as simple as rice and beans, mm -hmm. uh, pasta with sauce. Yeah, it could be meat sauce. It could be Alfredo sauce. It could yeah. be fill in the blank. Pretty inexpensive, though, when you Very make that stress because you can make a lot yes. and have leftovers. You can feed a bigger family. Yes. So definitely cheaper per meal. Absolutely. I mean, rice and beans, like you can buy a 10-pound bag of beans that all you have to do is add water and cook them on the stove. Yeah. And there's a great rich source of protein. And you can buy that for dollars. I mean, like mm -hmm. it ends up being pennies per pound, you know, pennies per ounce of protein that you're getting. Yep. And so rice, beans, pasta with sauce, fish with rice, lentils, veggies, and spices. Just think of some of the major food groups around the world, uh, maize and corn products, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This stuff is mass produced. So it's usually very inexpensive to get uh, flour produced from these different things, wheat and barley products. Yeah. Now it is also interesting. Like I was at Walmart the other day. I was at Kroger the other day. Empty shelves in the mm. bread aisle, empty yep. shelves in the milk aisle, yep. right? And some of those are the cheapest ingredients. So I noticed that a lot of the very inexpensive ingredients were gone, but they're going to be restocked. Our supply lines have not failed us yet. So when you're shopping, look for the cheap ingredients that you can mass cook that will last you a long time peanut butter the cost you know per ounce of protein is very low so peanut butter it's it's storable it lasts a long time mm -hmm. you can put it on bread you can put it on apples you can put it on just about anything right and add a little flavor um, black beans tuna lentils these are very cheap ingredients that you can make large amounts of food very inexpensively uh, oats Oats will fill you up. Oh, yeah. uh, it's not going to be the most satisfying meal, but I have a whole thing of Quaker oats, right? Yeah. And I mix yeah. in some peanut butter and and as a as a luxury. I mean, I would say if you're at a place where things are tight, apples maybe become a luxury. But I have apples right now, so I'm mm -hmm. I'm literally taking apples, dipping it in peanut butter, dipping it in oats. And you've got a fairly filling snack or meal. And it's right actually there. very healthy for you. You know, one Absolutely. of the things that just occurred to me, David, is that. A lot of Americans are used to eating out. At least, you know, part of the meals during the week and especially on the weekends are going out to eat. And of course, now with most restaurants are shut down, basically, at least for a couple of weeks, where you can't go into a restaurant. So you can't do a sit down restaurant. You can still do the drive through or the pickup order. But here's the problem with that is, is if you're not picking it up or you have enough food delivered through a DoorDash or something like that, 
then that only adds to the cost that you would have spent if you went you know, through the drive-through or if you went to pick it up. So I would hate for us to actually spend more on food now than less because we have to do it a certain way. Right. Now, granted, if you were to sit down and pay the tip and everything else, it would probably be more. So maybe that's saving us a little bit. But I want to talk to the person or the family that usually eats out a lot. This may be an opportunity for you to save quite a bit of money because if you're not eating out and you're actually cooking the things that David just mentioned, it's going to be significantly less of an expense That's right. to feed your family over the next couple, three weeks, a month, whatever it takes. That could be a huge savings for you and your family That's because right. now you are kind of forced to do it this way. And I would just encourage you to to look at this as an opportunity to really look at what you guys are, are spending in that area and see yeah. how you can cut back because... When you had it and the income was coming in, everything was fine. Hopefully, there wasn't an overexpense going on. But still, this is going to be a significant reduction if you do it this way rather than eating out every meal. That's right. And we'll put a list of these into the the notes on the website. So go to leosabo.com and click on this episode and look at the notes for this episode. But, I mean, we, we went through and just said, what are the cheapest sources of protein, the cheapest sources of food that will fill your stomach and oftentimes can be frozen or put in the fridge and last you for a full week if you make a large meal? Um, eggs. Eggs is huge. You can buy 18 eggs for like $1.50, maybe two bucks now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is so cheap to buy eggs. And, and eggs, like three eggs will fill you up. You know, you add egg, eggs and rice, eggs and beans, eggs yeah. and bacon, right? Bacon's a luxury at this point. So so be aware. It's good to add luxury little pieces of food in there. But if you're at a place where things are tight, mm-hmm. look to these baseline ingredients, pasta, chicken, pork is often very inexpensive, white fish. You may not be buying salmon, but a lot of the white fish is very inexpensive. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then just bread and corn products like we talked about, root plants like potatoes, sweet potatoes, yams. Mm-hmm. Um, those are all typically very inexpensive sources of food that will fill your stomach in the season. And you may get to the place where you've got to do that. And that is okay. Yeah. Um, it, this may not be a luxury season. It's it's almost important to learn to live and be content on less for a while. So don't don't be afraid that if you can pay for all your food to go look for these types of food yeah. and be looking to live a little bit lower for a while. Yeah, I mean, and just think about meals that you can make that are either very inexpensive to make or. You make a bigger meal, maybe a little bit more, but you can spread it, obviously, and have it multiple times, like spaghetti, like certain types of casseroles, those kind of things. So this is just, again, we're not trying to tell you how to eat, but we are trying to say food is one of those big expenses that we all have. It's one of the top three. We have housing, we have transportation, and food. And if you can cut back on that in a season like this where you're just not sure what your income is going to be, or let's say you don't have a lot of savings set aside to live off of, so you can't maintain your current lifestyle and spend at the rate that you were prior to this happening, and because you don't know what the future is going to be, it's just better to be you know, more cautious or more frugal in the season. And we're trying to say, look at meals. There's plenty of, thank God, there's plenty of information online for how to find these kind of meals and make these kind of meals. It'll give you the ingredients and you can kind of go from there. But our hope for you is just to really look at this food category and figure out a way how to cut it way back. Because this is definitely an area where you can save some money on and still feed your family fairly well. 
Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You can, your stomach can be satisfied. Maybe your taste buds don't get all the things they're used to having, but you can continue to live in this season, even on a really tight budget. Absolutely. Uh, So another great thing, another good resource out there, if you are a small business owner, Mm -hmm. is just to go see what the government is doing on SBA, the Small Business Administration, sba.gov. And they have a whole webpage dedicated to the coronavirus, uh, COVID-19, and it walks through what resources are available, how to get access to them, and mm. they're keeping that up to date. Um, you've got to realize that that there are large organizations that are looking for ways to actively communicate what they're doing to help people in this season, and mm-hmm. that's going to be one of those resources. So um, I think you should do everything you can to uh, avoid, you know, taking a loan from the government to avoid going into debt, but. At the same time, if it means that you lose your asset producing business because you're unable to make rent for two months, or you could take a loan for two months of rent and then continue to have that business moving forward, I would rather you take a little bit of debt now to keep your business. Yeah, save your Um, business. Be aware, be, be, you know, you have to look at how, how well your business is producing and what its future prospects are. Don't drag yourself into debt foolishly, Mm -hmm. but, but these systems are set in place to help people with very low interest rates to make that gap where if we, if we have a lack of business for a month or two months or just a dried up season, then the whole business doesn't have to shut down. Right. So also if you're a business owner, be thinking of your employees and, and I know that, that you, you have a responsibility to take care of your family and to make sure the business survives long term right. so you can rehire those employees and you can bring people back on or you can create new employment opportunities in the future. So we honor and respect the small business owner, but do everything you can to think of your employees. And maybe that even means that you're having to point them to some of these resources that we've talked about, but, but do what you can to to honor them, to serve them, to help them so that when this thing is over, uh, you've got great relationships and you know that you did the best you could to serve people. Yeah, I think this is an opportunity as a business owner to really show that your business isn't about just profit and, and you, that you do care about the people that are actually making your business successful. And I, I mean, there's an example that I'm, that's coming to mind that I don't want to go, go very deep into, but there was a business owner who faced a very difficult struggle, but because he had been positively impacting his employees and serving Mm. them and and really caring for them. And these people knew it when that season came, they all took money out of their own pocket, gave this business a $350,000 loan to survive an economic downturn. And I mean, it was out of their own pocket. These were employees that are saying, this company is not important to me just because I have a job here. But it's because of what it means for me to be here. Yeah. How so they they were invested. In, yeah, they yeah. were invested in the company to the degree that they actually took money out of their pockets when the company was struggling to help the company survive. I mean, that's loyalty that you definitely want to sow. And in these seasons is when you actually prove whether the business is about you and your profit mm. or whether it's about the bigger picture, which is good. caring about people and, and putting out a good product. And I think you communicate that through difficult seasons more than any other time. So my encouragement to you, if you are a business owner, even if you can't financially help your people, just find a way that you can communicate that care. Hopefully you've been doing that, sowing that, and it'll it'll you'll reap the rewards of that. But just be aware of it. That's what we're trying to say because people are going to remember. Regardless of how you treat them, they will remember it. And good or bad, uh, 
the you know the the byproduct of that will come. So we just encourage you to keep an eye on your your employees and make sure that you take care of them as best you can. That's right. Now you know that we can't get through an episode of Getting Money Right mm-hmm. without Leo and I pointing you back to the fundamentals, the basic things that we're always going to say, especially in a place. Uh, where there is uncertainty. Sure. Right? So we're going to take you back to the fact that you need to spend on purpose. You have to make a plan. You have to have a budget. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you're married, you have to get with your spouse, sit down together. And honestly, now's probably the perfect time. Perfect time. Because there's a little extra motivation. There's a little uncertainty in the air. So Mm -hmm. there is this, oh, we should probably talk about this. And a lot of people are working from home and have yeah. free time. Yeah. What better time? What what more romantic thing can you do yes. than sit down with your spouse <laughs> and talk about the budget? <laughs> so you can't use the excuse that I just don't have the time anymore because right. now you have the time. That's right. Um, so the other thing is, let's say you have roommates. Sit down and talk with your roommates about the plan, the budget, about uh, you're not going to share a budget with your roommates, but you need to know what they're able to contribute in yeah. this season. Yeah. And they need to know what you're able to contribute. They need to know your financial situation mm-hmm. and that you need to have these conversations up front. Hey, I'm fine to continue covering month, rent for the next three months. But if I my, my job continues to dry up, then I'm going to have to start looking for something else. I'm going to have to start crashing on somebody's couch. Just have those conversations. Look at who's going to buy what. And are we going to be extravagant with our grocery bill? A lot of people that are roommates share groceries. Mm. Are we going to be extravagant in this season or are we going to pull back a little bit and go more fundamental? You've got to figure out what's going to work best for your situation. But now is the time to spend on purpose. Right. Uh, the next thing, of course, is to save before you spend. Anything you can do, anything you can do to create margin in your budget right now is great. Cut back. Uh, you may have to do some brutal cutting back. You may mm-hmm. have to have to determine what are we going to live without for a season. And, and that could be, I mean, you know, God forbid, Netflix and Hulu and <laughs> YouTube Plus and, and Apple, you know, music. I don't know what it is. Uh, you know, maybe those are some things that you you probably even more so would want to have access to in this season. But if you hold on to Disney Plus, then what are you going to get rid of? Right. And I would rather you have food in the pantry than have Disney Plus. You can get access to free content all over the place. Mm. Um, YouTube is a great source of free content. The internet obviously is filled with great free content. So maybe it is a season where you cut out your cable package, you cut out uh, your your online subscriptions, and you and you go look at the food budget. You you cut out some of the things that you were going to spend on. Now is the time to create that margin and save. I think the best question to ask in this season is before you spend on anything, just ask the question, can I do without this right now? I mean, if you could just ask yourself that question, and again, if you're putting a plan together now or you already have one, go back to that plan or put that plan in place that's looking at the non-essentials, the bills you have to pay every month, and then create a plan on what you need to spend on and then track those expenses. And as you're spending, then you can ask the question, can I do without this? And if you can, just do it. And remember, it's only for a season. It's not forever. It's just you want to make sure that these kinds of seasons, when things get tight, where income stops or is reduced, that you react in the right way, that you're able to reduce those things so that the impact it's having on you financially is not going to take you months or years to recover from. 
So that's what we're trying to say. That's why we put such an emphasis on save before you spend, because it allows you then in seasons like this, not to have to cut out everything. You don't have to go and, you know, eat just rice and beans. You can have some other better foods or whatever. But what we're trying to say to you is that it's really important to not underreact to these situations. It's better to be more aggressive than to be too relaxed and, and not be prepared. And then two, three months down the road, you're really having a hard time meeting the essentials that you, you have, such as paying your bills on time and food and those kind of things. All right. So Leo, the final thing that I'm going to point everybody to when it comes to their personal finances mm-hmm. is to go back and track your expenses. Yeah. This is the number one thing. We had a whole episode about this and you can go back and listen to it, but it is literally the single greatest thing that you can do to have financial success. Mm-hmm. Um, it's better than making more money and it's better than investing wisely is literally just tracking so that you know exactly what's coming in and exactly what's going out. And then that will open up margin over time for you to invest wisely. Uh, It'll open up mental margin so that you can pursue more money-making opportunities. Yes. But, But it starts, everything starts with you knowing what you're spending. And when you're aware, when you have it written on paper, uh, you're going to make different decisions. Sure. It's going to change the way you spend. It's going to change the way you communicate about finances. So when we say track everything you spend, I'm talking about going out and every time you make a purchase, get a receipt, Mm -hmm. get the receipt, write down what you bought, when you bought it, and, and what it was, you know, yeah. like, hey, what, what did I buy? Where did I buy it? When did I buy it? And then just the price. And, and Ashley and I do this every month. We've got categories in our budget. And every receipt we put in our pocket, we get home, we put it into a folder. And then once a month, if not a little more often, but at least once a month, we take all those receipts out. And we type them into the budget to, to track and know that we're tracking every dollar. You can do this online with online tracking software. Mm-hmm. But again, you have to be the one that's doing the tracking. If right. your bank does it automatically for you and you're just barely glancing at it, yeah, that's, that's not what I'm thing. talking about. And no. it's always, just want to clarify here, it's in connection to your financial plan, to your budget. right? So once you create the budget, you track to make sure you're staying on track with your financial plan. And it's really the feedback that you need to know that you're sticking to the plan you've created. Without the tracking, there's really no actual plan that's actually being implemented and there's no way you can succeed. So we're just trying to emphasize something that we learned after years and years of not only doing this, but teaching others. It is the single greatest thing you can do to have financial success. And if you learn how to do it, not from, a, oh gosh, I got to track everything, but I can actually stay on track and it gives me the positive feedback that I need to reach my financial goals, to know that I'm positively moving forward in a direction that's going to be good for me and my family. This is that daily reinforcement that tells you, hey, my plan's working. I'm doing great. I literally just had a text from a friend who I coached a couple of years ago, he and his wife. And literally this morning, just before we hit the record button, he texted me and said, hey, I was just thinking about you. I was looking at our finances and just wanted to let you know I'm so grateful for the investment that you made in us. Now, I don't want to take too much credit for that. I was there to help guide them in the season, but they deserve the bigger credit, which is they keep doing it. They are still tracking. They're still managing their money according to this budget. They've attacked their debt. They've paid over $30,000 in debt this in the last 12 months. And they're about 12 months to 14 months to be completely debt-free. This is what you can accomplish when you do this. So we just encourage you, track your expenses, 
manage your finances in a way that's very clear that you're doing something that's on purpose. That's right. All right. Well, here's just a few really great things that you should be doing in general while we're going through what has been declared a national pandemic, mm-hmm. right? So here's some things. One, don't be stuck in your home. Mm-hmm. Get outside. Go for a walk around the block. Social uh, distancing, but still do it. <laughs> honor the social distancing. Honor government regulations. Sure. To date, as we record this, we've not been told that you're not allowed to go outside. Right. Uh, now, it started out and with... it'll never come and to hopefully that. hopefully it'll never come to that. I mean, that would, that would limit freedom in a crazy way. But... But, you know, a week ago they said, hey, no, no gatherings over 500 people. Right. And this past week they said no gatherings over 10 people. So I'm not saying go to the park and, and play softball with 20 people and, and everybody sneeze, then toss a ball around. Not a great idea. <laughs> what I'm talking about is get outside, yeah. take a shower in the morning, do a daily workout. Get up, mm. work out, move your body, go for a drive. It's yep. it's still okay to go drive around. In fact, the streets are fairly empty. That's it's right. actually kind of a nice time to drive around. Yeah. Uh, do a scenic drive, spend time at the park. You've got to get outside. Mm-hmm. If your job is to work at home or you're not working or you're at home homeschooling your kids, I know this is huge right now. The schools are closed, so kids are at home. Mm-hmm. Take those kids and get them outside. Maintain appropriate social distancing. Um, but... But now is the time you should be getting outside. You should be checking in on your family members. Mm-hmm. Now is a great time to call your mom, call your dad, yep. uh, call your, your brother, sister, auntie, you know, whoever that is. Mm-hmm. Let them know that they're loved. Let them know you're thinking about them. Make sure they're okay. And if they are local, um, I, honestly, we're still going to gather with a few family members. Sure. Um, w- nobody's sick right now. You know, we don't have any symptoms in our family, so we're still going to gather. We're going to limit it. We're going to honor the government regulation of, of 10 people. But but here's the thing. It doesn't mean that you can't get together at all with people. Be aware. Don't go out and spread this thing. But, but get outside. Get outside. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing is just to think about this from also from the perspective of how can you potentially help others as well. In our neighborhood, this is a more mature neighborhood. It's been around for about 30 years. So we have a lot of older folks that moved in here when they're in their 40s and 30s. And now they're in their 60s and 70s. So I know most of my neighbors are either my age or much older than me. So one of the things that I've seen on social media, in fact, one of the cities close to us, South Lake, did this called Howdy Neighbor. And they just put together this card, basically, that you can print off. And basically, it says this, hey, there, you. And this is referring to your neighbor. I'm your neighbor. And man, oh, man, I should have listened to South Lake Police and Fire last year when they told us to introduce ourselves in case there was ever an issue. Hmm. (laughs) And guess what? There's a self-isolation issue going on now. So I wanted to finally introduce myself. And then it gives an option to, you know, put your name, where you live, your phone number. And then it asks four questions. Do you need anything? Is there anything I can help you with? And there's four things. I need extra supplies and food. I need to talk and hear a friendly, calm voice. I need medicine or I need to borrow a Wi-Fi, Netflix, Hulu, Disney, or password, and you can change it after this. It's over. So my point is it just gives an opportunity for neighbors to connect with other neighbors and to see, hey, is there somebody in my neighborhood that literally a door down from me or two doors down from me who may need help that I can very easily help? Right. And I think that's just such a great opportunity right now to get to know your neighbors and find out, is there something I could do? So you could print off this card or make one up, a three by five, stick it in their mailbox or stick it in their door. And next time they come in and out of their door, they're going to see it. They're going to get to know you. 
and they're going to tell you if they need anything. If not, they might just call you and say, hey, thank you so much. This was so thoughtful. And now you've just struck up a relationship that could flourish right. from this point on. So I think it's a great opportunity for that. That's right. This is the the buddy system going back, you know, 50 plus years mm. where you identify one other person that you're going to keep an eye on and make sure they're okay. And I think you could do this with all your neighbors. I think it's a great idea. You give them your cell phone number. They can text you if they need something. Mm-hmm. It gives four simple things. If your neighbor needed extra food or extra toilet paper, would you not be willing to go hand it of off course. to them? I mean, this is, of course we would do that. And yeah, it's so, a small, small cost. Yeah, it's very little cost to you, but it can be a huge benefit to your neighbor. And on the flip side, at some point, you may need something. Mm-hmm. So this is this is a no-brainer. Um, I love it. It, it. You know, a simple term for it is the buddy system where you're keeping an eye on somebody local mm-hmm. that you care about. And maybe you have not cared about them in the past, but it's yeah. time to, to forge some social bonds in mm-hmm. a tough time. Yeah, I think, like I said, I think it's a wonderful opportunity because I would love to know my neighbors more. But it's funny, every time you move into a neighborhood, you know, we have one of these neighborhoods where the entrance is in, in the back. So people drive and park and you never see them because it's they don't they don't have that driveway that comes through the front. So you can't even wave to them when they come by. So it's just so easy to just go month by month by month and never get to know your neighbors. This is an opportunity for us to get to know our neighbors, something that we, at least in America, have struggled with. Well, we want to thank you so much for joining us for this episode. I hope you found it helpful. If you know someone that is in need, would you just share this with them? Send them a link. Let them know that there are some resources available. Again, the show notes have some of this information in there. So please share that with them. Let them have that information if they need it. And if you enjoyed this episode, we'd also love for you to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. We, David and I, will continue to educate in this area. Personal finance is something we're passionate about. We want to share that with you. So continue to check back with us. If you subscribe, this podcast would come to your app every single week. It's automatic. You could download it. You can listen to it. And hopefully, you'll continue to grow in your own personal finance journey. You could also share this podcast on your favorite social media platform. And while you're there, please find and connect with us. We're on social media, both David and I. And you can find us and you can share some of the things that we're doing with others, as well as comment and let us know if there's other things that we can teach on or share that would benefit you. You can also, of course, find the show notes to this episode and more content and resources at leosable.com. And you could also go to stewardshippastors.com. This is David's website that's focused on helping spiritual leaders how to teach their own people about personal finances from a biblical perspective. David has a lot of resources, videos, a lot of content on there that will help your spiritual leader, whether that's your pastor, executive pastor. So please share that with them, help them to learn how to educate their own people with this vital need. David's also writing a book called Jesus on Money. You can go on his website and pre-order that book so that when it comes out, you have a copy right away. And again, we just want to thank you so much for taking time to listen to this podcast and share the content that we offer. Well, we look forward to having you join us next time so that together we We can can keep keep getting getting money money right. The final thing that I'm going to point everybody to when it comes to their personal finances is to go back and track your expenses. Yeah. This is the number one thing. We had a whole episode about this and you can go back and listen to it, but it is literally the single greatest thing that you can do to have financial success. Mm-hmm.